Material for the Brain, Conversations for Thinking Bodies. In this show, together with our guests, we explore different ways in which we can develop a meaningful relationship with our bodies and minds and respond to the current state of the culture in a quest for more integrated and embodied perspectives. Hello and welcome to the 30th episode of Material for the Brain podcast. Today I have a different conversational partner than the usual type of guest that I've been hosting on this podcast. The guest for this episode is Gabriela Foss, who is a religious studies scholar with personal background in dance and theater, who is currently working on her PhD thesis in the University of Vienna. She is a strong advocate to the notion that there are profound and important insights to learn from contemporary dancers that can be understood as spiritual or even religious in nature. Despite the fact that contemporary dance and religions has for long been understood as opposing poles, in her PhD research called The Concept of Healing in Contemporary Dance, Gabriela strives to bridge these poles taking the religious concept way beyond what we usually have in mind, as often we tend to link religion directly to Abrahamic religions. Through her research, she wants to share with people who know little or nothing about dance how an embodied way of existence, with the openness, curiosity and risk-taking that contemporary dancers often manifest, can indeed be seen as a starting point for a deeper search for meaning, self-responsibility, connection, and personal transformation. I got to know Gabriela quite recently. She has requested me to include our study group programs in her current research. I was immediately enthusiastic about this idea, as yet again this project carries the spirit of integration that I'm very fond of. Gabriela will be following our yearly programs, conducting interviews with our students and teachers, and this conversation is our first attempt to developing a discourse around her research together. I am very excited to share it with you today, knowing also that we will have a few more rounds together as well. If you have any questions or ideas about it, please share it with us so we can include those in the next conversations. And if you have a personal relation to the topic and wish to share your story around contemporary dance and personal transformation, Gabriela will be more than grateful to listen to you and capture your story. So without further ado, here is Gabriela Foss. Hey, Gabriela. Welcome Hello. to my podcast. How are you? I'm good. I'm a bit nervous, but it's okay. Yeah. I've spent quite some time actually listening to other podcasts of yours because I was bad with Angina uh, last week. So I was, yeah, actually happy to have that time having my husband taking care of the daughter while I was in bed uh, mm. listening to interesting stuff. So, nice. I'm yeah. happy that you're curious about uh, other episodes of my podcast. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also... Uh, A little bit nervous uh, because I feel like uh, inviting you to the podcast is already a certain um, step away from my comfort zone because of your academic background and the context of this conversation so I think we are 
kind of on the same space, mental space to some degree. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, where, what, where, where are you? What is going on with you? Last time we met in Vienna was, uh, I think, a few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. How are you? What are you doing right now? Yeah, I'm trying to get structured, which is uh, not my uh, biggest quality in life, which makes me a very unusual <laughs> academic <laughs> because I'm not very structured at all, but I try to get into my uh, writing and my actually my official acceptance from university. So I have to do a presentation there. Yeah. So mm. uh, this is the frame of the things and otherwise i'm i'm reading yeah i've been reading about uh, zen buddhism and also this beginner's mind and i'm reading also the about the neuroplasticity and i'm also thinking a lot about what it means to be postmodern and uh, i'm mixing a lot of different things at the moment mm. that's where i am yeah in sweden mm. where it's uh, raining snow for the moment where, where do you live in sweden i live in a city called lund which is very very cute or i don't live in the city of lund but in a very old uh, house from the middle of the 19th century in the middle of nowhere uh 25 minutes from lund okay so it's a more kind of countryside yeah this is a very old house and we decided to go here because uh Yeah, my daughter is six years old and my parents also live here. So we thought it would be a perfect break from these COVID regulations that I wasn't sure how they would develop back in 2021. So Sweden felt very safe being uh, a country that always cares about the weak ones. That means children and uh, animals, actually. Hmm. Animal rights in Sweden already in the 1800s, you could not beat your... your uh, your own horse without being punished it's interesting really so, wow. yeah. yeah so that's why we moved here yeah really like uh, yeah my father was uh, he was an ethnographer so uh, ethno no sorry ethnologist so he was a professor for this uh, phd study about about uh, domestic violence against animals so that's why i happened to know it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and how is it there in the countryside in the winter it's It's pretty dark, no? It's, it's, it's dark, it's dull, and uh, that was the reason why I left Sweden when I was 19, I guess, because it's, it's uh, horrible, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Good that I have a lot of reading, because it's really, like, it's plus uh, three, minus two, and it's, like, moving in this kind of soup for three, four months. Hmm. Yeah. Um, in this part of the country. But if you go another 15 hours by car, you will have minus 30, so it's going to be nicer. Maybe not for you, but for many people. <laughs> so. No, I've been really influenced by a certain uh, um, book that I read by Ken Wilber and a certain model that he has about, uh, let's say, kind of uh, life and like, the different things that affect our experiences. And, and he talks a lot about the relation also between environment and behavior and cognition. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super interested about that uh, when it comes to kind of what I do around dance, but I'm sure that like, There's a big effect. I mean, it's obvious, like you see it. Uh, I mean, since I lived, since I moved from Israel and I'm exposed relatively much less to sun and warmth, 
there's yeah I, I, I'm becoming a bit of a different person I think and uh, I cannot imagine myself living so much in the north but I guess there's also some poetic beautiful aspect of this kind of long white winter no yeah I mean where I live there is way less winter I mean way less than in Vienna okay that would be a lie but it's exactly the same so I'm, mm. I, I didn't enter that that zone of the magic northern lights with the green, mm. you know, amazing like witch uh, craft uh, sky. So I'm mm. I'm just down in the in the south. But I come from Stockholm, so I come from the cold, and uh, I always hated the cold. So it was yeah mm. one reason to move on. But but. Uh, but sure, I mean, here it's it's something very interesting. It's like when the sun is coming, I all told my husband, who's from Germany, I was like, you have to go, you have to go, go outside, you know, because you have these two hours of of, uh, of sun, like you have to go and get them. And actually at school as well, it was like when the sun was coming, sometimes we stopped like doing whatever we did to go outside and continue with the, with the class outside because hmm. you have to catch that moment. It's like your vitamins, right? So... So there is a, a big and deep, and I would say that is also very spiritual appreciation of nature for that fact that it's like dark, yeah, maybe. It's, fun, it's so funny because in Israel, it's like the complete opposite. I, in the summer, like there's some hours that it's like, you're not allowed to be outside because it's too hot. And you, so like, we are just trying, we are trying to, you know, uh, have, we are dealing with the opposite problem. Um, but yeah, well, I would, I, hmm? sorry. No, it was just I was, because you were saying it. Uh, I was thinking about my friends uh, from, as you say, like how, because one aspect is, of course, like the culture, how it influences us. But then I was thinking about my Persian friends that come from the, from the part of the world where you can only be active in the night. Because for hundreds and hundreds of years, you have to, you have to be active in the night because the days are, too, are just too hot. So it develops a completely different culture and completely different patterns of, of, of life. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, yeah, just this point is already like, if we were talking a little bit about, you mentioned postmodernism and I think like a lot of, um, I think in a lot of postmodernistic thinking pattern, there's, there is this assumption that everything is like kind of socially constructed, but I think like just the fact that, you know, like, what you're just saying is already kind of a big obvious point that like many, many things are are the result of, let's say, the natural world, just different climate and you will develop a different culture. So it's already like not purely socially constructed, but uh, interesting. Maybe we'll dive there later. Let's see. Um, uh, I would like to start maybe if you could share with me and also with the audience that are listening a little bit your story, your relation, um, with uh, dance and academy and what led you to enter the phase of the research that you are doing now that has the context of how we met that we will elaborate on it later so that kind of start to bring us into your world and i'm also personally curious because i don't know it in person so i'm i re would really be happy to hear yeah Okay, that's already two hours gone. If I don't really try to wrap up now, <laughs> where to start? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a frame. I'm good in the framing. Yeah. Let Let's Let's uh, imagine the two hour condense into around ten minutes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's go. 
So yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Like, where do we start with the dance? Well, then I was thinking, I really, I just told my brother who is, who is around. And he also confirmed that, um, that I was extraordinary clumsy as a child. So I think my relationship with dance started as like when I was born because I had very bad myopia, meaning that I, I was short sighted. So I didn't feel at ease in my body and, uh, I, yeah, I could climb trees and do stuff, but there was kind of showdown because my father comes from Hungary. So at school we would have this uh, gymnastic teacher and he saw my family name back then, Sabo, you know, and he was happy and he wanted to make a gymnast out of me. And I was the worst child ever. Like I was just in fear and I couldn't, I couldn't, um, distinguish distances. So my relationship as a child to gymnastics or, or dance or, or, or movement, I would say they were zero. Then I got glasses and I tried to kind of break them or not use them because they made me look very goofy. So maybe my relationship with dance started at some point when I got my first contact lenses when I was 15 and could like move more at ease with the world. And this is a super interesting um, research about this, like how the eyes, because I, I believe we don't see with the eyes, we see with the whole body. And I'm so, I'm so sure of that from my own experiences being very extremely short-sighted. So um, I started dancing later on in life, say in my 20s. But then I realized that I couldn't dance and be at academia, be at university, because they were just two so opposing worlds that it was impossible to bridge that gap. And all my life, I dreamt of bridging that gap somehow. And I think now I'm on that path. It took another uh, 26 years to arrive there. <laughs> From what pulled you 20? into the academic world? Um, was the the fact that your father was also in academia, or yeah? Well, the thing is, I started. I tried to run away from from my country, which is Sweden. When I was fifteen, I was really like so sure I didn't belong there, or that was not the place for me. So, um, considering the options I had, I couldn't run away from this from the country, but I could run away from society. So I ended up uh, applying for a very difficult theater school and I entered theater school and uh, I went to a very hardcore theater experiences my teenagehood where I also lost my period for about three years out of stress and then actually I was not very fit for academia after this like uh, non-grounded theater ex experience but nevertheless I was yeah I was very interested in all these cultural differences and I think um, university i mean somehow it was just uh conceived that something you you do i think in sweden at least every third person would study i mean it, it belongs to it belongs to your uh life as you have the opportunity to do it so i studied studied uh, studying ethnology just like my father but in austria in Germany, in German, sorry, which I didn't speak back then, so it made it even more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I always had a shaky relationship between this, on the one hand, artistic um, interest, and I al always played theater on the side and trying to use, because that was the interesting thing with, uh, it's called European ethnology. It was that they 
accepted different approaches. Like you could make an exhibition instead of writing a master thesis. Or you could actually make a theater play instead of a master thesis. But so that, that was the interest for me, like how to bridge instead of going for theater to academia, but from academia to theater, like how can you bridge that? And it was many inspiring things. So my, my master thesis in a way was also kind of tryouts with, with, uh, with interview work and uh, artwork to do something, which was, well, not that successful, but yeah. I finished my degree and mm. then I took off to Asia and I lived in, uh, in China and I lived in uh, South Korea. And when I came back, I realized, wow, Chinese language is quite fantastic. And I wanted to write a book about my experiences, but then I was like, I need another layer to that. So I wanted to learn Chinese. So I uh, started studying again and did another master's degree in East Asian studies where I ended up in, uh, spending quite a lot of time in Indonesia and Malaysia with the Chinese cultural heritage uh, in these countries. And my supervisor back then, he happened to become professor in religious studies. And he said, oh, don't you want to write a PhD in religious studies? And I literally fell off the chair. Like I have <laughs> nothing to do with religion. No, no. So this proposal, but I trust this 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 guy, and I'm he's he's a great thinker, and he's a super great martial artist, and he's a, just an amazing person. So, if he trusts me to write a PhD, which is the craziest thing to do, like anyone knowing me would say, like this is just complete crazy, then I trust him, and that's why I accepted this proposal in this con- yeah under these circumstances. So it was not because I'm not a person who project plans, but I hope that life will will bring me somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I ended up uh, with this. Yeah. I mean, I think that to some degree, every person who would look back on their life story would see that there is a certain tension between like planning and improvising. And, and I think certain people are more attracted to the idea that they can control things and certain people are more attracted to this kind of, this mystery of life. But I think it's, uh, yeah, there's a good bit. There's a there's a mix of both, and so is so we kind of arrived to the present moment now that you're yeah. are, are currently doing your PhD in the University of Vienna, right? And can you can you start uh, kind of outlining a little bit what have you done so far in relation to religious studies and dance, kind of your previous works, and then we can kind of elaborate why and but just kind of that we 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 know a bit what has been done so far and and then we talk about what is the future plans yes so religious studies crazily enough has not engaged in dance globally seen ever so from a religious studies perspective there is little to zero work on dance. Of course, there is academic work on dance from uh, dance studies, even in philosophy, in in the theater studies, in media studies, but from the religious studies perspective, there is no research. There is some research from like so-called practitioner scholars, meaning people who are dancing, and then later on, like uh, 
your beautiful interview with uh, Nita Little. She also is a dancer who, from dance, then adds on a, a, a different layer that can lead, for example, into in, 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 into re- partly into religion. So considering that, it's like that's a, yeah, it's uh, quite something to take on this task, but. Knowing with my previous experience with dance and also with uh, with my ethnology ethnological background with uh, interviews and interests in this whole thing, I I I felt that this could be actually that uh, bridge that I was dreaming of building many many years ago because now I I have the prerequisite that I have danced a lot myself i also have my background in theater and yeah i also have my background with with interviews different in, interviews techniques and so on so i thought yeah i could try to open up this field you could say it like this so at first mm-hmm. i looked at indonesia it was an, an idea that i had because i had been doing research in indonesia it's very interesting dance wise as a country but uh, with the small daughter and the family situation, it was just not possible. So took it down to a more uh, logistically uh, possible frame, which is contemporary life in, in, uh, in Europe or in, in, in Vienna. So the claim is that Dancers could we can say that dancers in the in the re- religious studies field we say that there is something called the holistic the holistic field that uh, there are different groups that adhere to the holistic field which has to do a lot with uh, with the idea of uh, a kind of self spirituality and self authority and um, a kind of seekership that uh, that adheres to many rules that I that are very visible for me in the in the in the dancer community or the or the contemporary dancers world, which makes it square with with the, with with religious studies. Because of course it's like a big uh, for most contemporary dancers. If you start to talk about religion, it's like back back in my childhood, like to be religious. Uh, in Sweden in the 80s, it would be like to be brain dead, sorry to say it so brutally, but it's like, it's impossible to be religious and a thinking, postmodern, searching person, because if we talk about religion, religion is something institutionalized, religion is something about authorities, religion is something obeying to specific rules, so there is a huge, uh, not only friction, it's a huge impossibility to, to, to bridge this gap. That's why I guess people haven't tried to, to do it uh, earlier because it's, uh, it's, it's, if we, so everything boils down to the conception of, of, of religion, right? So what, what does religion mean? And we have to, we have to define this somehow to, to make it possible to understand how perfectly contemporary dances square for religious studies. Because for me, if we talk about contemporary religion and everything that has to do with religion, from my point of view, is that 
religion is the seeking, the seeking for a higher aim, seeking for a community, seeking for a, a, a connection to something that is beyond, uh, beyond ourselves. And I think that all dancers, especially the dancers, not all dancers, but all the dancers coming to you are, are having this, uh, this, uh, this urge, this, this, this aspiration or this, uh, this hope or this pain to, to, to gain this connection to the world on levels that are yet not, not there. Could you help me a little bit to understand more the context of religious studies? Like what would be kind of uh, big questions or themes that are being explored within that field? Because I think, again, the word religion has such a, as you say, like in kind of, in, the, in, in contemporary culture, the word religion and especially to secular people, will automatically translate, as you're saying, to something that is kind of rigid, uh, oppressive. Um, but, uh, but I'm sure that within academia, there's a different context. So maybe you can kind of Absolutely. help me a little bit to, to dive into that. Yeah, so the re why, religi why religious studies are still relevant or more relevant than ever, you could say, uh, or has been relevant on, ongoingly is because there is, no, there is no clear definition of religion. I mean, it, it, it really depends who you're talking with. So in some specific approaches, uh, communism is perfectly squaring re with religion. So, or football is also religion. So this is, would be the general thing that religious studies scholar would, would apply is that it's the, the definition of religion is very, very vast. So religion, I would, in my personal opinion on religion, communists would be religious, but uh, football fanatics would not be religious. Because for me, the whole notion of Religion has to do with the transformative aspects within ourselves. And that is the only thing that, I mean, that is the main core characteristics that make sense. And that is also why, why dance is so extraordinarily interesting. It is about the idea that we find the means outside of ourselves to push ourselves towards a transformation of, of our own beings. And for you, that is natural that you do that. And in your world, most people do it. But in the global world, this is actually not such a, uh, a claim that we can say that, yeah, any human, human being is, is, is searching for transformation. That is not true. Hmm. So, so maybe, that maybe I can ask you kind of the, to see that we have a, a certain common ground with uh, those on the level of definitions so um so okay you said religion if i i'm just repeating to see if i'm with you so religion for you has to do with certain process that helps the individual to go through a transformative process now what does transformation on the level of the individual means in your in your in the context within your working 
by the way, did I re- did the definition that I repeat was correct? Was good enough? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Transformation means uh, a shift that will enable you to see, perceive, and sense the world differently, that you can really Mm. see uh, a big, clear difference from before. I mean, it's processual, but so, of course, you have this, you have this uh, Abrahamitic religions where there is a flash of an instance that you get, like the Offenbarung, I don't know how you say that in, in English, but you have the flash because you see an angel or God speaks to you or yeah. whatever but we talk kind about cat- event that is catalyzing a yeah big change changes i mean in in the dance context I've, I've experienced things that will remain for me that is an instant but there are there is like a chain of of various small instances this aha effect on 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 a very very deep level so it's like more a cord of like uh, pearls maybe that are stuck together but the, the 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 change is a transformation is a yeah a change in how you perceive how you perceive life hmm. would you agree yeah, so, on that yeah, yeah no I, no i think it's a it's a it's a good good enough definition um yeah it's interesting i i think that like what i would also maybe add to it that it's a it's a process of accumulation Mm-hmm. So it's not so much a process of, uh, it's a process of accumulation and integration, at, at least in how I understand it. Um, so for example, let's say if I'm, if I really, <clears throat> let's say I'm completely in love in the color red and then I change my perception and now I'm in love in the color blue and red is just awful and I have nothing to do with red anymore. Uh, that would be for me like, uh, not of a complete yet transformation, let's say, but like the moment that I can also uh, have some of my previous perspective and that I can contextualize it to myself and also keep switching between those when it's necessary, then I would, I would say that in my, that would be, a, let's say, more of a complete transformation. But maybe it's also because I'm really uh, now... Um, focusing on integration that's one of the reasons i really wanted to have this conversation with you because i think that what you're trying to do um it's super interesting for me because of the attempt to integrate things that are seemingly apart but uh but have a lot to do with one another um i have another question that i i want to kind of because you open up because you just started to mention it so so if religion is is uh, is is uh, is that kind of a, a process that helps us transform um then what would be um like how would you understand religious experiences because you mentioned like for example like okay that communism as a phenomena would be a religion football fanatics wouldn't be yeah that's my yeah, yeah, of course. That's my your perspective. My but like, pers- what is the frame that we can understand? Oh, wow, that that's kind of 
falls under the category of religious experience because many things can you know, I can read a book and have a different perspective about some topic. It can be very intellectual. Is this a religious experience? But some books you read and you're like, man, I'm not the same person after reading this book. So like how to understand that kind of landscape? For me, when I... I think about dance and when we talk about my aspiration now to include dance into this um, holistic field as dance as something extraordinary, an extraordinary important means in contemporary society for a lot of people to work on this um, self-transformation. which I believe for many people is a reason to dance. I mean, there are there is joy, there is also beauty of the form, there is um, the whole trauma work. There are so many different aspects of why we're dancing. Um, but the religious experience is to uh, not succumb, but it's the this is to, the connection. As one of person said in the context of your school, I call it your Matan school, but in your study program, <laughs> that she said, oh, religion, but I'm not a religious person. It's like church, horrible. But then just talking for 30 seconds, she said, yeah, when I'm dancing contact, like when I have this feeling that I have this all-encompassing love for the world, this, that's this complete connection with everything around us. And I think this is the, the, the core aspect that you're talking about, why something would be framed religious for me now looking, because the research that I did prior to you was I was, I was uh, writing an article about the Holistic Dance Institute. And in all the stories with all the people I've been talking to is this enormous joy of of losing yourself, but without um, without surrendering. But it's the it's the the religious notion. I would say is to is to be part of something bigger than you, mm. and that is why also communists would square. You know, like you would you would you for some people who would say that communists square because you you are you are actually prepared to sacrifice yourself, maybe your family for some ideals. You would also be prepared to kill some people who do not believe in this idea. I mean, it's a, it's, in that case, it's a question of sacrifice. But in this question, I would say it, um, in the dance, con- um, in, in, in what is so extraordinary, interesting is, is that, that search for, for, for belonging. And it's, it's not a God, it's not nature. We don't know what it is, but we, it could be the wave. It could be what, what Anita Little refers to as, as this ecological wave when we're dancing, like we're moving one, with one body. This is, this is something tangible, I would say, in the, in, the, in the dance concept. It could also be in the contact situation of like dissolving your body because you move as one. It's also, it's, it, would also be, it could also be religious. This is how I, hmm. I think of it because you go beyond your mere self your mere persona your contained being as one human as we learned in this 
whatever rational postmodern world that we are. But it was like Daphna said, if you are on stage, you also you lose yourself. You lose yourself in that moment because you like you, you dissolve your 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 ego. All these situations for me uh, would square mm. with the religious experience because this is this is the core, right? Which the which the, the which the super rational man uh, has no access to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly the. I think where the where it starts to be interesting, you know, like how how different um qualities of perception can can start coexist next to next to one another without conflict because I think that there that there is a very, very strong conflict when you think about um you know rationality and uh, and uh, let's say atrocities of religion organized religion or in that regard let's say also like something like communism um, but I think that on the level of our individual experience I think that there is a big space that they could be integrated in a way that is actually enables us to have a wider understanding of ourselves and the connection to others and and yeah and you also meant you were also mentioning the topic of belonging which I think it's a it's uh it's interesting because I can share maybe a little bit that you know for me dance that the the journey into dance started from such a hyper individualistic pursuit of me and myself and my body and my feelings and my whatever and and for most of my dance education, I felt that like belonging was not really a theme it was more like uh kind of like in the environment, you're just stuck with a lot of people together that you go through this journey, but I, I wasn't just searching for any sense of belonging. And even I would even say that in certain moments where I would see that what brings people to dance is belonging, I would even have a bit of a arrogant attitude towards it as if this pursuit is somehow lower in value than the pursuit of some kind of, a, you know, very well-crafted under... Well, understanding of dance from an individual perspective but i think that now now i'm not separating so much anymore i think it's very connected and i think to some degree i don't know what you think about that but i to my estimation uh, looking at real uh, at more religious uh, population and in israel where i grew up there there is a you know religion is very very part of life it's not like in sweden which I'm sure that the percentage of people that will say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm under the wing of the church is much lower than in Israel. Uh, there are a lot of uh, qualities of belonging that are much more, that have a lot of positive effect on, on people's life, on, the, on like well-being, and that are not present so much in secular communities. And I think that that's kind of big aspect that is maybe kind of underlying religion and maybe it's kind of not the purpose because maybe the purpose as we say like it's a certain process of self tra self transformation but i think that self transformation cannot happen in a vacuum no like you need you need it to happen in a kind of a group context no would you agree yeah now two things occur to me you know because in in i would say it's like also the <sighs> europe is so caught up in this 20th century ideological frames that uh, 
has also enabled any any debate with religion going on. It was, I think, it was clear. Like, if you are a humanistic s- scholar, you are secular. I mean, you you cannot belong to the church if we if you want to be taken seriously. Whereas in the United States, as far as I've understood, it's a completely different situation. I cannot imagine a president. Uh, not being part of any church, like Obama comes out of the context of a church congregation, and I guess the other presidents probably prior to him, or any important academic person, because in the States, it actually looks like, or it feels to me, like I have no experience, I've never been in the United States, but I've been thinking about that, that it seems as if they you have to prove that you are a reliable human being which is something that you prove that you also belong to a community. And this community has a religious religious background. Otherwise, you cannot be trusted. And in Europe, it's the complete opposite. So mm. that is that is that is quite interesting, like how we how we look at the church and the function, as you said. Yeah. So Yeah, that's in, that's an interesting point, no, because I think like to some degree the fact that you belong to some community, unless the whole community itself is corrupted uh, yeah that shows that okay some people had enough interaction to keep trusting you and that's already kind of a good indication that you're trustworthy to some extent but yeah yeah it's yeah it's interesting why in europe yeah there is such a, a rejection to it yeah i feel like that i don't know how is it in sweden but life in austria i feel like that culturally they are so like family structure is so um undermined mm-hmm. and maybe that's also have to do like uh, uh, I mean if you go a little bit more south in Italy for example people are more religious and they are and also like family is much more important and then w- people are really stuck in this very hyper individualistic hyper postmodern approach to life and I don't think that that's a good answer <laughs> I think that it makes people very isolated from one another yeah. just the idea that you know that uh, that everything is relative to your perspective already means that you will never be able to uh, to be fully understood by anybody because like you're stuck in your own framework and yeah that's kind of a maybe that i don't know if that's something that also kind of interests you within this frame like what does it has to do not only with the individual but on the kind of greater context yeah i mean there are so many things I could say. Like, okay, your question about Sweden and and uh, religious uh, communities, I don't know. I have no data on that, but I I could imagine. I have a little bit of data because they did research and uh, that proved that Scandinavia was the least religious part of Europe according to this this research. Um, Albania was probably less, but I would say, like in my childhood there was no religious person around and everybody who would claim to be religious would be regarded as just plain retard. I mean, it would have been Mm. impossible. That is in the 80s and the 90s in Sweden. And uh, still, Sweden is kind of family-centered. So the Austrian situation is, is quite peculiar, I think, in this respect to be, especially the, the, the city, um, as you say, this hyper individual individuality, and I don't know a single Austrian person. Sorry to say that that doesn't have problems with his family. Like I haven't met a single one. You know, it's like it belongs to it. You know, like you can just not. Uh, 
speak to your all your parents and all your brothers and sisters. This is just too much. So that's different. But what to come back to our more um, specific situation, that was the reason why I said, I because you made an interview with uh, Sabine Patza, and uh, that was very nice to listen to. And uh, then I, I got inspired to see who you are and what you're doing. And for me to do a research about you, that was exactly for that reason that you were focusing on, on this community building. And it was very, very strong in your, in your approach. And also to break down this general tendency within the dance world of competition, but to, to invite a cooperation and all this, these aspects that you, that you underline with, with the self-responsibility and, and, the, and the supportiveness and, you know, the, the character building, because your program, as I see it, is a, is a character building program as much as it is a dance education and it's an open experimental uh, format in a way. So, so the community building for me is, is key. Now, we don't know how, how this community will prolong or survive outside of the study group. It's, it's, it's another question. That is uh, still to to be seen, but for me, this this um, the community uh, the community and uh, connectedness is 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 definitely key mm. because uh, we have a lot of uh, self spirituality and you could say like uh, spiritual tourists or weekend trippers and stuff. I mean, there are many different uh, spiritual settings where people can just dive in and, and, and get a little whatever treats for the weekend of some new new ideas. But as you say, then also the integration is missing and also this uh, a dedication to stay with, with, with specific people for, for a longer period of time. So, mm. yeah. So can you outline a little bit like what, uh, okay, maybe I'll, I'll bring a little bit the audience in. So uh, you approached me with the desire to have um, the study group that I'm doing in Vienna and the dance programs that we are doing uh, to be part of your PhD research in the context of religious studies. And, and that sounded to, for me like a wonderful idea. <laughs> and then here we are. And... And could you kind of outline a little bit, let's say, the framework of your research and what are you trying, what are you aiming after, or, or if it can be even detailed on the level of what is the hypothesis that you're trying to, to explore, um, and we can continue from there. Yeah. So, in this, in a way, we could say that the aim is to show that the dancers or and the dance community communities are part of this wider holistic field because it adheres to these same same um, same rules which is indicative is this seekership like people search through dance for a way to transform themselves to change, to, to overcome, to take care of, as I said, it could be many different aspects. This can be the, yeah, the, the, the character building and uh, 
so this is the like the, the bigger frame which which makes it square with 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 religious studies because it's one um yeah it it can be it can be brought into this this so-called holistic field and what i want to do is since nobody outlined who is dancing where is dance taking place and nobody tries to study this because it's also very volatile people like to study institutions that are set for 10 years 20 years 100 years Bodhidharma, Krishna, I don't know what kind of center that has been standing there in Vienna for 200 years. I mean, it's easy to research that. But to research dance, which is connected to living human people, human bodies who have human biographies moving in space, which is very much uh, the, the dancer's reality, it's quite, a, it's quite volatile, right? So we don't know how many people are dancing in, 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 in Vienna, how many people are we can see Feldenkrais data. Okay, we can find out, which is very interesting, that there are 400 Feldenkrais practitioners in Austria. And in Denmark, there are only six. This is interesting. Like, what is that? Do they have some uh, uh, little equivalents? Do they have... Uh, do they have their own Danish institute? Is it or or is it just that they in they in have Cali less Jewish Jewish guilt in Denmark? <laughs> Could be, but I think it's also that <laughs> Protestant body, you know. I no, think I, that was just a joke. That was just a joke. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, but you also couldn't do this podcast if you wouldn't be Israeli. Now we're talking about that topic because you could never have that ability not to be caught up in this uh uh ideological frames i mean mm. yeah, okay. I'm, I'm for sure it plays a role yeah <laughs> but <laughs> let's jump back to the question so yeah. um i think it's more that uh the the uh, the protestant body of the scandinavians is like even somebody confirmed this to me because she told me a story like uh, she was working with professional dancers in in Stockholm and uh, she was with Feldenkrais and she was inviting them to to leave their bodies and like dissolve the bodies. And afterwards, she, they said, this is violent. We cannot do this. So for me, this is much more combined with the fact that the, the Protestants who are, who are like drugs, it's like you don't take drugs and you don't take mushrooms and like you stay within your body. Too much somatics, too deep somatics is really scary mm. for people over here. So that's why Feldenkrais and all this stuff going on in Austria, it's also kind of Catholic approach to, to, to the body, which is not uh, hyper stuff in Western or Northern Scandinavia. They cannot deal with that because this is zero spirituality for so many years, like eradicated from, from, from the ground, which is also very interesting. But to come back to, to the thing, yes, I try to, first of all, my research tries to see <laughs> what is the dance scene, which is quite complex itself. Like, we have no data on the dancing, like how many people are dancing. I claim that there are so many people dancing, but actually I, I don't have data. I can only find data on, for example, um, uh, somatic work or embodied mm. body work. So this is the first layer to say, look, for contemporary, for contemporary society, if we say that religious studies is dealing with people who are searching for something on a spiritual level, how can dance not be included? This is crazy. 
dance is so relevant for contemporary for contemporary life and dance is the only source in, in my opinion working with the body that we can actually save this disaster situation of your, of our our contemporary culture because this is the only the only tool we have where we can go not to, to lose our our humanity so this is the first layer but this is this yeah and inside this layer what i want to do is to prove on using the dancers and their biographies to to uh, to prove my claim that dance is a transformative practice that is aiming for something higher than merely going on stage and, and 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 showing your swinging beautiful legs because this is what most people think that dance is still about i mean these academics they have no or people in general i tried for for one hour to explain to my friends here what i'm doing in sweden and they're like what is it african dance i'm like no i'm blah, blah. but they still haven't heard about people dancing without dancing for an audience on a stage proving some kind of beautiful uh skills for a choreography many people still even don't know this many people don't mm. know what dance is what dance can be so to start somewhere my idea was to since i'm dancing myself i can also introduce my own inner perspective which i did in my in my first article which i cannot do in in the next one um on you but the idea was that i dance i have my perspective I collect the histories of other people who have who are dancing so it's a very phenomenological work to show how is this integrated and how is this part of our contemporary culture and why is this extraordinary important to have a look at because it's it's uh it's it's key it's key for <laughs> to me it's key for 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 our culture on at this point mm. to to, to do this research, we know everything. We know from the science. We know from the plasticity of the brain. We know the embodiment of 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 all structures. We know that we we don't learn with the brain, but with the body. There is so much research on this, and this has to also mm. be merged together. So, there are many many different layers. But my approach was instead of just having a theoretical work to integrate the people are actually dancing dancing to tell their story because this is also uh, the the religious studies perspective to work phenomenologically which means to work with the material which is there with with interviews with texts with drawings and and telling the story where i can say look here we can see clearly this transformative aspects and what an extraordinary change it has done to the people who are dancing the fact that they are that they are dancing yeah mm. very interesting <clears throat> No, I was thinking like first that like there is a very big problem uh, with contemporary dance that I'm, as somebody who wants to teach contemporary dance, I'm immediately confronted with that problem is that it doesn't have any clear form anymore. No, So like, as you said, like most people have a certain, most people who are not coming from contemporary dance have this preconceived idea that, that, uh, a certain dance has a certain look and then people will ask like so what is contemporary dance uh, uh, I, so it's a little bit like uh, like a ballet no uh, so wait it's so is it a little bit like hip-hop what you know like trying to get a certain physical form that they can say ah okay this form this is the dance and and i think that in contemporary dance sense uh, it's the dance of the day and you, you always ask yourself why should i dance today as kind of a meta question, 
there is a certain freedom, which uh, maybe is kind of the result of, let's say, the first generation of postmodern dancers, that you can include whatever movement you want within your dance. So everything could be a dance. And then it leaves the practitioner with a question that is more internal than external. Like, like when do I feel myself dancing rather than what do I need to do in order to dance? And that's kind of a question that is fundamentally, uh, I would say, like postmodern in its nature. Uh, and I think that um, where I have resistance to that notion is, and maybe kind of, I don't know if that's, um, uh, what would you think about it? Because I think that's kind of relate to your topic of the notion that dance could be tra transformative is that despite the fact that the individual is confronted with that kind of problem or question or, or, or theme of like, w when do I experience myself dancing? On a pedagogical level, if that's the case, you're left with no direction at all as a teacher, then what should I teach? Like, you know, because it's so individual and everybody can, can just do different things in order to get to the point where they feel themselves dancing. So then you have no starting point. And, and what you're bringing up with the religious studies question, I feel like that it's something that kind of asks a little bit or is flirting with some ideas that are maybe more modern in their nature, like kind of mm -hmm. uni universal principles, like what would... The dance has some kind of an innate ability to help us in that. And I think that that's exactly what I'm also searching. Like, what are the, what are the universal things I can share with my students that are beyond our, our, uh, our subjective experiences? That maybe we do experience them subjectively, but they are there. And, and for me, like, that's the fact that dance is interacting directly with the physical world brings it away from the realm of ideas you no know? like you you're in a room and you have you can feel gravity so maybe your experience is subjective but you feel something that everybody is affected like in the same manner and you know and what i would say is like okay you know you can you can play on the level of ideas that you know gravity doesn't exist and it's all maybe just kind of a you know the science is just a social construct but I've never seen a person jumping that doesn't <laughs> land on the ground. So, so there is a certain tension there. And I think that that's, that's for me a bit of, an, of a direction within contemporary dance, because I think that if you don't exclude, if you, if you exclude this individual la layer, then the transformative thing becomes quite tyrannical. No, it's like you have to do this and that, and only then you get transformation. Like, and that's that's kind of maybe what the image that people have towards religion. Oh, if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna get to heaven, you have to do this and these steps. And they they kind of you you don't count as an individual at all. And that's yeah. quite well. That's, I can understand the the the, the 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 repulsion from that idea very much. And then we can jump into martial art. I think it fits in a way the martial art at least that I've experienced because I also wanted to include to my research because. I found it so nice that the Shaolin uh, Kung Fu temple in the 5th district, they are going to very uh, holy place to practice for nine days in June, uh, in, in May. And uh, I also wanted to include it to my work, to work on like the notion of chi. And then my professor was like, what, what is this? You know, 
actually it was only me wanting to uh, uh, train <laughs> Kung Fu for nine days, you know, like I, I really like that idea. Here I'm doing some Karate Kyokushin because I'm also always busy with some kind of martial arts that I find mm. around and the principle. But there I would also say, no, these Kung Fu people that I've been observing through the years coming and going to the studio, they don't go through this transformative uh, acts or this transformative process that is, to me, so super central in, in the contemporary dancing. Although they practice martial arts, although they create something, but it's a completely different layer because that layer is actually uh, non-existent because these are also, for a variety of reasons, that would not happen. But there will be changes, but... I, 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 don't, I don't feel that happening. I don't see that happening. And yeah, I would have to do research to, to, to clearly uh, not just work with my intuition, but to see that, that I'm, I'm right on that uh, subject. Uh, I mean, on that the hypothesis. But, but this mm. is also because it's something, it's a form that I also love myself because I love this kind of uh, Shaolin, very structured <laughs> work where you work and you can go very, very far with your body, possibly, but uh, yeah, so, so, so sure, this, this uh, very hyper, I mean, to me, again, it's, uh, as you say, we are all, we are all individuals, we have our individual, so for me, that is the searching for the essence, which is, again, not, uh, not postmodern, but you need this, this very, personal uh space to 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 for sure for 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 a transformative process because otherwise it's it's a it's a it's an it's an adapted concept from the from from the outside so for these transformative spaces we need a lot of time as you say and i think you're really really right with this idea about the integration so there is also the time of of processing, of taking on the material and 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 integrate it for the for the growth. So so both mm. sides are. And and when, when talking when talking about this process, do you, do you feel like that there is a like what's the relation between kind of uh, like big lips, like this kind of re- strong religious experience, and like kind of like just like very committed work that you know you just you, you're just doing a pro- long process and something will change and you because i feel it i i, I mean i maybe maybe it's, it's just an uh, the relation that i have but like when i was young you also mentioned I, I was also very attracted to kind of zen and and meditation and you know and and kind of i grew up with this kind of uh, expectation that something very major should happen uh, and and in my experience, nothing major ever happened. <laughs> but I'm also, but I, I did have other experiences that were very strong, and and as you say, like I could definitely categorize them as some kind of a religious transformative experience. But do you, in your research, do you, or or in the kind of context that you're coming from within religious studies, is there some? Uh, interest to understand the relation between the two because. As you said, like on one hand, sometimes we need to experience something major that will do something for us, but it also needs to be integrated, and that kind of entails a certain process. 
But if a process is never bringing you to some kind of peak experience, would it still be transformative? Or I don't know, what's your thought about that? If you enjoyed the conversation so far and found it meaningful, please consider to share the episode with others and to click the like button. These small actions might seem meaningless, but they are the fuel that helps the podcast project to move forward. Your attention and time is highly valued, and we would love to hear more about the insights you might have from listening to this episode. And please consider to subscribe to the channel to be notified for all future uploads. I mean, from the religious studies perspective, which is, now I'm, I'm referring to an author who, who worked on this, he, he said that there were three, like there are three different layers of, of religious experience. And one would be this, this very, very tiny one that is on a daily level where you have many, many instances of this smaller, what's the name? I don't know which name he was using. It's not transformation, but it's 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 smaller units of out of the ordinary consciousness, we could say. Mm. And we have this we have these moments in every day, and then there yeah, we could call it transcendences, like on one lower level and then on one middle level and on a higher level. And he he means that already on this lower level that we cognitively that we can actually we can actually, uh, if we want to focus on that, we can point out to these small ones, small ones every day. But um, so, in the religious studies, you can uh, you have a justification for that if you want to say. But for mm. me, I don't know. I mm. I I I I have I have no. I have no I have no opinion on that because I just see and I just sense that dancers that people who work with dance in this way that I've seen uh where I see this transformative process like yeah in 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 holistic dance or uh with the play fight or or with you or in 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 CI or in 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 different forms are incredibly smart they are so much smarter than academic people just like no comparison i you cannot compare and what this, do you mean by that what do you mean by that because i very often feel very <laughs> stupid next to people who come from academia and no. can express themselves very elaborated in a very elaborated no, way to grasp on the, the way of thinking to grasp the sense of things, to to grasp the the meaning, the core concepts is something because the experiential knowledge makes you grow so much faster. Hmm. This is this is what I what I see. I mean, now I sit with people in academia, and I I see the dancers like some of you dancers. They are in the early twenties. I'm like, they are so smart. They have done so much self-reflect. They are so self-reflexive. Like you can have an academic who is like 60 years old and never consider himself or herself and their position in life and their relationship to the world and, and the very 
very arrogant or, or hurtful or whatever, because you can work a whole life as, as an academic without doing that hard, painful work of reflecting yourself mm. and complete lack of humility. So for me to see the dancers and how they, you know, in your class, how like they take on the challenge to, to hurt themselves, to, to jump, to, to challenge themselves and get out of their comfort zone. I mean, as an academic, you can sit, you can sit all your life and hide behind some books. I mean, this is just, this is just completely relevant as a human and it has no dignity for me or nothing. I like, I admire the dancers like crazy. And for the rest of the lot, I don't have uh, much respect most of the time. That's mm. how I see it. And that's how I feel it. And, 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 and this is the thing, like in, in the mid twenties, uh, what I what I um, about these transformative things? Like I I need to look at it for some some time, and then maybe I can find an answer to your questions. But mm. I've I've just started looking and collecting the the the, the stories that people are telling me, mm. uh, and that people are writing me, and I see like huge, yeah, uh, huge differences that I I. Th- I suppose it can be step by step. And then in the end, after you can say like, yeah, I could, I could never have been this person without dance. Without dance, I would have been somebody completely different. And this is already an answer, no? Mm. Yes, it's a direction, I guess. Um, uh, because I also don't know, you know, like I think that I have a certain attraction to peak experiences, but I also kind of learned to, to understand that that peak experiences in and of themselves are not enough to, at least in, in, in my individual story. And I feel like that's, that's kind of, uh, what are the qualities that are needed for integration? I think it's something that I'm starting to just f- flirt with, with this project of the study group. Um, but I, I want to point something that kind of as a, as a counter to what you said, like, uh, because I hear a li- I, I hear like the direction of like what the academic world can learn from dance, but what is the opposite? What do you think that the dancers can take from the from academia? Like what what do you see that is missing in the dance world that it's very clear in the academic world that maybe we can also learn and integrate? Yeah, this is what I hope to have when I when I write about you and you mm. read and you will be like, wow, I have never. I have never been able to put these, find these connections. So, so at this point, uh, I don't see, I don't see so much because, uh, I mean, what what academic world is is putting putting structures, putting frames, and maybe. Through these structures, we can learn something, but I, I, I don't know if I don't know if that is relevant unless you are very, um, yeah, you have this theoretical interest. If a dan- if a dancer, let's say, like if your students really need to, to know this outcome for their experience in, in as dancers, I don't know because me personally, I never wanted to write about dance. For me, it was like until like four years ago, like I would dance and I I would never like to read anything about dance. This was like pure experience. Mm. I wasn't that far yet. So it, I mean that far, I wasn't, I don't want to say that it's better or worse, but Mm. I, that is my personal thing that when I was dancing, I, I, I had no need for that, but 
Yeah, so, but so you it depends you don't feel, if you're... But you don't feel that on the individual level, the fact that you have this background and like relatively high developed cognitive ability with, you know, because when you write, when you need to write, you also need to, mm-hmm. you're confronting with thinking. So you yeah. don't feel that that's like kind of helping or like, Maybe what I'm trying to ask, like, what's the relation between cognition and experience? No, I, yeah. I, I don't know. No, but the question is, like, if you ask if, uh, for whom it's, it, it's helpful, if it helps you in your, in your, in your, in your dance process is, is one question, or if it helps uh, you maybe uh, for your, uh, for your uh, dance educational program, that, 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 that that is possible but for the dancing for the dancing to put words i think yeah later on but not in the beginning because i, I really believe that this experiential knowledge is is, is beautiful like the, the first step and then mm, that it's kind of necessary as a first step before you start putting layers of yeah ideas, exactly this is my approach to i mean that is my approach to life and now i see that like you, you do a lot of technical things and i'm like it's, it's mm. highly valuable but i need to find myself and feel myself first and once i feel myself and feel something it's like we also with the choreographies like i was dancing quite a lot in the tanskvati and with bacheva like this was the only time i could feel something and then i could dance the choreography but if i didn't feel it but that's that's my personal um that's my personal because I think think too much of uh, theoretical work and I'm I'm a bit naive on this but it can also kill the the inspiration to go there and feel because I I believe that dance should be from the from the felt like the the felt uh, spot and the imagination mm. I mean this is my my mm. personal starting point but to answer your question, what, what the dance can learn from academia, I mean, nest, definitely there has to be something because otherwise I completely failed, you know, like, <laughs> I, right? I mean, this is, this is the bridge I want to, I want, I want to, I want to construct. And, uh, and uh, from my first paper, I have my, my friends who were, who were reading, who are dancers, and they were, they were quite happy because they, 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 they learned something new. Um, and, um, uh yes so i mean i mean what maybe i'm aiming to discover with you is because is is that i think that in every field or every community there is some kind of a, a process of stagnation in how you approach the work you know like um, and i think that um and and what and what i'm trying to kind of ask is is like what is the way of approaching the topic of research on a meta level that maybe um in the dance is not so well integrated because i feel like that dancers have very um like we use the word research very often but i don't think that it really means something similar to what an academic person would with understand with the word research mm. and and you know maybe it also kind of flirt with the idea of what's the relation between art and science which is also a big uh, topic but but for me that's something that i'm pretty ignorant because i've never written any academic paper 
you know, I'm, I'm a curious person and I'm reading books, but it's still, I feel like there is a kind of a big gap in my understanding of what does it mean to actually, you know, build up a certain hypothesis and, and, and kind of conducting a research around it. And what would, what would, what would be the way that helps you to understand and feel comfortable behind a certain claim? Because in the dance world, you still see on definitely maybe if we put a little bit the art as the artistic aspect aside, but the pedagogical aspects, you very often see a lot of claims and maybe I will not exclude myself for sure I've done it. And maybe I also sometimes do it of like kind of objective claims about, yeah, that's the way to do this or like, uh, but like, I don't think that we really know how to research on that level. So, so that it's kind of, it all renders eventually uh, into, uh, you know, kind of putting your hands in the air and say like, yeah, but it's just in my experience, maybe you have a different experience. That's, you can always say it in a dance class and, and excuse yourself for whatever you say. Mm. But if we do want to understand on the, let's say from the phenomenological level of like, what are the necessary condition that dance could be used for, for, for let's say, facili- facilitating processes, I think that there has to be some kind of a more uh, a methodological way of understanding it. And maybe that's what you're trying to do in your research. And that's kind of, I'm just curious about the tools. Maybe you can share a little bit like what are the, what's your like methodology or like what are the tools that you're going to use in your research? Well, I have this so-called phenomenological approach, which is um, the research is based on and interviews and uh, videos and other contributions from 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 your from your uh, from your dancers and uh, the academic part is that you have to do the reading right you have to contextualize that in all the previous material on all these relevant topics and this is what the dancer is probably not doing like uh, you know that is quite a lot because in 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 this case I want to prove uh, many claims like which is impossible for me to do because on the one hand I want to show that research in science in the last twenty years have proven that. Uh, the the brain is embodied, meaning that we are not learning through our sitting bodies, but with through the bodies moving in space. This is how the brain is working. And this is a new, they didn't know in the 20th century. So that is one field. Then we have the whole field of somatics. Then we have the whole religious aspect. So I have to, I have to do this huge amount of, of reading that I synthesize into something uh, very specific in which I place these research data, which are normally quite quite limited. I mean, people would also write a paper visiting your class only once, you know? Mm. So often there is so much, the reading is like 95% and then the, the, the actually conducted research will be five, you know? 
And in the mm. dance context, it's going to be the other way around. You're going to you're going to dance and and have your ideas. That's going to be 96 percent, and then it's like four percent of reading because you find some random book that like uh, probably concludes gets to the same conclusion as you. So, <laughs> so <laughs> academia is 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 to do that reading and knowing what has previously been research on this material and that is that is the basic so often it's maybe you are not adding so much new maybe you're just adding just very small ideas that's why academia is sometimes so disappointing because to make your claim you have to stand on this very solid grounds that people have already done and you just add small new like very small specific things on top of that mm. So my research is, is, is simple in that way that what I do is that not in your case, but in the other uh, case studies, I dance myself and I use my experiences of the dance and I include it into the text. And I also use the materials of, of other students, of other dancers and mm. built on that claim. It's like here we can see clearly transformative aspects with the notion of healing. Because the notion mm. of healing is also one key word. Because it's about healing. It could be healing a physical, physical, uh, but often the healing is a it's a spiritual process. It's a psychological process. There is something mm. we are working on when we do this integrational work. It right. It's, it's to be a whole human being. Mm. So so uh, yeah. But as I said, I'm a highly unstructured person. I'm not a good example for academics because n normally they have a clear schedule, they have, have an outline, like in the natural sciences, you probably have like you do this and that uh, mm. experiment and then you can conclude. And I'm, I'm not working like that because I come from theater and I come from this kind of, uh, I allow myself to, to, to let, <laughs> let life guide me and, 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 and give me the data because somehow life is too, I, I don't trust, like for me, I should do that, but I but I cannot do that. I cannot say this is what I need. This is where I'm going because I I don't know where I'm going. It's like your students; they are all personalities. They all have their styles. I cannot say I want ta ta ta. No, they give me what they want. They give me what they can. They share with me what they feel like sharing, and I'm I'm, I'm grateful. And I try to mm. to comment on that. I try to go with them. I try to support them. You know, this is like we go together. So so. I, I respect their integrity and it's about sharing. So so I, I only want to share when somebody, when I feel that for him or her, this process of sharing is something valuable. It's something that reinforces something and writing about their experiences for this specific students of yours gives him like, or her, this aspect of, wow, I experienced something like putting words into this. Then we can discuss these words. Then I can go somewhere. So I go with every person completely individually. Mm. And that's what yeah. I find beautiful. And that is, that, is, that is something that's alive. And that is something that is not academic, but that is, that is my, my style and that is respectful. And that is the giving and taking. And, you know, everybody should, should, should gain something from me, not just me sitting there like 200 years ago, somewhere in the Brazilian rainforest and, 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 and checking out some guy and trying to pull something from some dance that I don't understand to do what? I mean, for me, that mm. is not okay. No, I see. I think, I think like that, what, what I'm, yeah, what I'm, uh, um, probably, um, 
let me just phrase my thought. I guess that one thing that is very difficult with that kind of, with your task is the fact that like all these things are very, are, 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 are situated in, in experiences and this is not empiric. How, how does the academic world actually deals with such a, something like that, that it's very hard to quantify? Yeah. What did I hear in your other post podcast about the shoulders of the giant? I mean, normally, um, in the like in ethnology, this would be highly acceptable, and in the religious studies, this will only work if I have uh, if it's. <laughs> If it's integrated to something uh, if it's integrated to some bigger picture I guess because in the first paper I was you read it then I I could I could uh, use my own personal experiences because it was building on a red thread leading up to a conclusion that the that this kind of dance uh, in that case uh, gives individuals the opportunity to work on themselves to have some specific experiences and actually uh, mm. it happened to me so it was like intertwined with 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 the idea of 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 that dance in my personal case so I could I could say okay this 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 dance claim this and this is the experience that I had and they 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 match but um, I I I don't I don't know I mean for example just to tell you I uh, mm. I wrote a PhD uh, I, I read a PhD uh, project that was only focused on personal uh, experiences so it's it is possible if it's uh yeah in a very well well funded frame you can you can do it mm. but mm. uh no because i guess that's exactly the difficult thing because uh you know i'm also thinking a lot what do i do in the studio and why you know <clears throat> and there are certain things that i can say okay this this probably will give people value because that's kind of uh uh dealing with some kind of fundamental nature of human life and then then it doesn't matter who is coming they can get something from that um but when i think about like the this kind of meta question of the the relation between dance and and transformative processes and and that and and how and to which degree it is actually happening and 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 what what are the conditions for that then i feel like i'm pretty lost in actually in which way I could evaluate the work that I do. And I think that that's something that many dancers, we will, we will really shy away from kind of having any claims because, because we don't really know <laughs> what we are doing. And like, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm watching, uh, you know, uh, the, we have a weekly jam and sometimes I'm just sitting aside and I watch the people and I don't know, yesterday there was two people dancing and at a certain point I've seen that they're like kind of closing their eyes and, and they have some kind of a, 
their hands are touching and they kind of sense this kind of mutual there I, I mean I'm that's just my interpretation and I see them sensing sensing the movement and and kind of trying to find a, a connection between themselves and and I'm asking like wow that's kind of very obviously relates to transformation the attempt to find connection to another human being but at the other hand I can say I, I sometimes I look at the same situation in gems and I'm saying what the hell are we doing here it's like, it's like it seems so uh Uh, almost like uh, delusional <laughs> so so on one hand I am on a level of my personality quite I, I appear to be confident to people with how I promote my work and the things that I do but on the other hand there is also like a big layer of insecurity about dance is it really this is it is it really dance that is doing it or is it just the individuals that are as you said like The type of individuals that are pulled to my work, they bring these curiosities so and they could manifest this curiosity in any other field or like and i and I want to believe that there is something in dance because, as you said, like okay, we are dealing with something concrete, the body in the space, and that's something very real, but on the other hand i've I've seen also like all sort of pathological behavior in every dance community that I've been, so it also will be. quite ignorant to claim that for sure you dance you come out better because some people just you know spiral into the worst type of behavior due to the fact that they are dancing so so yeah it's a big it's a big mystery and I'm very happy that you are conducting this research that maybe we can also have another conversation after you have completed it and and see like what I found and, yes <laughs> hopefully yeah. I, I found something <laughs> that makes sense to you as well that you didn't know because this is the thing like you know I wrote something and you were like yeah well I know that you know tell me something new <laughs> but it's like it's a uh, um, for you it's nothing new but for for the from the religious scholars perspective this is like wow they never they never heard about this they never uh, touch on the opportunities or the The possibilities to even to uh, yeah to know first of all that this kind of dance exists and then second of all do research in this um, quite odd way that I'm doing odd in the sense that it's yeah it's using tools that are are, are, are not common in mm. this in, in in this field so we don't know uh, What's gonna happen but I mean you live on a very high you live on such a high level you know <laughs> in a way mm. in your in your expectations in your in your um, your your super refined reflection in your in your hardcore uh, self-criticism and everything that you you manifest you know so so already listening to you is uh, would also be amazing for mm. many people. I mean many people don't have access to your to your your podcast like I try to spread it to to other people who are not in the dancer community but mm. there is so much in the world of dance that if we could phrase it in another language would would be so helpful like the whole notion of the dancer's world the fluidity the 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 idea of 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 motion in 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 reality I mean there are so many many aspects that are so highly necessary in 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 other 
in other areas of the world that would mm. like reduce this congestion and you know and and restore some kind of of faith because this is this is what i when i'm with your students or when i dance people in general i mean there's i'm just shocked to hear that you find the uh, like academics uh, better off or smarter because they can f frame or rephrase or, or phrase their ideas beautifully because I'm, I'm 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 really i mean i'm in awe for so many young people that are that that got so far and i really believe that we need mm. this kind of experiential quality and this is without experiential knowledge this world will i mean our culture our civilization will, will die what what is going mm. on you know like on all levels in yeah. academia but also like you know people people start eating from their cell phones they're going to see look at the mice and i i don't know what's going to happen i mean we have yeah. to go back to that space and this is why this work what i'm doing for me it's like this is it's not cultural revolution but this is this is what we need because otherwise it's game over with everything Yeah, I mean, when I when I hear you saying this, so then, of course, you know, I'm I'm also not that uh, uh, hard on myself, and and for sure, I can see where my where my knowledge is highly relevant. You know, I don't know, I'm I can just, uh, I mean, I, I'm 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 there is certain things that I think I will be better equipped to deal with because of my body knowledge. I don't know if if I, you know, I've been observing my breath. I've been sensing my body i i know how to read its signals uh, um so for sure like in 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 certain catastrophical situation i don't know uh, i can have a curious mind like i can share maybe some example i know like uh i was uh like i i've been dealing with a certain uh, specific repetitive thing that would happen to me when I would be in a certain dream state that I would, uh, I would wake, I would semi wake up while I'm dreaming. And, and, but I would feel, I, so I would be aware, I would be self-aware, but I wouldn't be able to move my body. My body would be paralyzed, which was connected probably to the sleep cycle that I would wake up in a certain place where the body is paralyzed. And at the same time, I would experience extreme fear. And the fear would not be anchored in a certain, uh, you know, it will not be connected to a certain subject or a certain scenario. It will just be kind of pure fear. Fear as a, as a, as a phenomenon, not as some kind of a projection to some, uh, some uh, context. And, and this happened to me many years when I was young, but it kept happening also into my adult life and also after I've been training in dance. And I think that now when these things are happening to me, if when it happens, now it, it's rarely happening, but it will be, uh, I, I will be super curious now. And I will be like, oh, super interesting. I have all this fear in my system and I cannot move. L let's be in that. And I think that that's something that kind of, I've learned a lot from dancing, like to be, in whatever is happening. So maybe that's kind of the uh, experiential knowledge that it maybe is missing in academia. But, uh, but, I, I, but, I, but when I think about kind of the ignorance and, and, and thinking precisely, like I see that like in dance, in the dance world, we are, we are, we are really weak in recognizing, um, in recognizing harm in, uh, that's, that's kind of, Maybe that's 
I, I wouldn't maybe say we, but I've, I've been in many situations that I felt like, wow, like my wife, who is not a dancer, she comes there in the, the moment and immediately she sees all the kind of social mechanisms that are governing the situation. And she's like, okay, Matan, you're just kind of rolling within a cult. What do you expect? You know? So, so there's a certain kind of things that I feel like that we are also, uh, um, like that sometimes we maybe get intoxicated within our own physical experiences and that things mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's very easy to gaslight somebody through when you work with the body and you can kind of um, put somebody in a certain physical condition that they will, that there is a probability that they will experience something and you can also use that. And I've, and I've seen it in, I've experienced it working with certain individuals on, a, on an artistic level and also on, on other, in other situations. So I think it's for sure we have a lot to learn from being able to reflect and being able to contextualize what we do. And I think, as you said, in the, in the world of academia, you cannot not contextualize what you do. You have to situate it and reference it to other things. And this whole kind of uh, system of uh, citation that doesn't happen that in that precise way in the dance world is definitely, I think that, they, that it's valuable. And, and, and I'm, I'm actually very open to that question, even though I understand from like where you, maybe because you're more situated in academia, then you see the, the miss, like what, what is the shadows and the blind spot within academia and you want to bring that. But I see a lot in the dance world as, as well. And I think that on the long term, maybe that could be a certain space to feed as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a question really. I mean... Uh... Uh yeah I I maybe I just admire dancers too much <laughs> you know I just <laughs> I I just because I see it you know like you see me in the class maybe it also comes from my childhood but you know like somebody is doing something that is like physically kind of challenging I'm like <gasps> you know I'm 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 I just uh yeah I just admire this uh this 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 physical work because I I so much believe that the physical the physical work with the body and the challenge and 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 the courage to take on the challenges on a physical level is extraordinarily important and most people we we don't know on a percentage but I would say ninety eight percent of all humans in the world actually. Uh, they opt out of this option because it's so strenuous and it's so stressful and it does something to your so-called nervous system that we don't do and we cannot control the situation so they just don't do it and this is why I think that the dancers move on so fast when they are when they are younger uh, hmm. and that that body intelligence and the body intelligence uh, also uh, translates into other intelligence in the sense of grasping their sense of things which many academics will never do because they are busy with some details or they are busy with proving how smart they are or they are busy with hierarchies and and as a dancer you can you can not uh opt out of that because you you learn this instantly through your physical work so 
I am sure that the science has already proven that this is the way this is the way we work and that that intelligence comes mm. from from the body and this is also yeah that so that is my perspective and that is also my um yeah because I'm I wasn't uh, courageous enough to do it myself you know <laughs> Yeah, but I also think that you know I also think that within the within it there is a certain distinction that I find that is maybe interesting to point that I think that it has a lot to do with function because many I would say like that the type of perception and kind of reflective relationship with the body mind that contemporary dancers have or in certain places in around contemporary dance I would say that it, it it comes a lot with the fact that function has been eradicated because I don't know when you think about ballet you have a certain goal it's very clear what's the goal how things should be and then you're just pursuing it and 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 then and then you don't have to ask those questions and and same thing with sports you know like okay you have you you have an objective aim and I think that with the moment when you eradicate the aim, Then those questions comes, and I think there I heard there was one there is actually one guy uh uh from i think he's Swedish rasmus ulme who is the mm-hmm. who is a dancer who is a, uh also the director of uh uh i think it's called the the Danish school for contemporary dance he's a director and he wrote once uh 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 a paper That was called f- functionality without function like what happens for physical practice that are losing their function and like you can see it a lot in like let's say a traditional martial art where you pr- where you train movement with a sword and that could be a spiritual practice but I don't know imagine like what would be the pra- what would be the context to practice this movement when people actually killed one another with sword it would be a very different thing you know like maybe it would be hard to romanticize you know like That you're in kind of Tai Chi movie <laughs> playing with a sword when when you know that maybe tomorrow you actually have to kill somebody with that sword so and and I think that that's something that definitely happens in in contemporary dance that we we don't have a, a clear function and then we are confronted with asking constantly like why 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 and then these whys do uh, initiate things that are beyond the physicality maybe and yeah. But uh, uh, Gabriele, uh, before we, it's already, we've been talking for an hour and 40 minutes. And before we, um, we wrap it up, um, I want to, to, to say that I'm, I'm super thankful for, for you initiating this connection and, and jumping uh, into the unknown <laughs> on many levels with this. And, And, and yeah, and I'm, I'm super happy that you had the, also the time to jump to the podcast. I hope you are also benefiting from that experience and that it would feed your research. Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, the question in the end of the day is this authenticity, authenticity question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which also is part of, 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 of what you were talking about, because this is, this is my, my question, like as a dancer, are you searching for something authentic? Because this is, this is highly problematic, no, if I think about what you just said. Because uh, why, why, why? You know, is it, is, it on a, is it on an aesthetic level? Is it on the compositional level? Is it on the 
intellectual level of like conceptual ideas or do I first of all try to find some kind of honesty in my body with, with what I want to present. And I think if that is all blurred in all this why, why, why question, I would kill myself like as a mm. <laughs> contemporary dancer. This is sounds for me like just too much. Like I would have to stick with one idea. So I know like, okay, first of all, the why is, is this, is this my authentic self? However, that is. However, I go that path, or am I going for, or am are? Do you try to merge all this quality at once with the why questions? Because, whoa, that is, whoa, would be too much for me. Mm. Um, and uh, talking about authenticity, yeah, it's here I am, and I would, I'm like. Can anybody ever listen to all this? I was saying, you know, <laughs> that is also my authentic uh, idea in this very moment. And um, yeah, the claim still is to be authentic because that's the most beautiful thing we have. And that's also one other thing that looking at you is also one huge word word within all this is the the vulnerability and the and the beauty of vulnerability if it's not like a self-victimization and i find that also extremely interesting i mean we didn't touch upon even one percent of all the things that could have been said in this mm. uh, space um yeah so it's true i'm trying to do something i'm trying to do something and I think it's really, really necessary and it's something that the world needs because I think that's also important for academia to ask the question, why do we do something? And this why has to be a huge why and not some small specific uh, topic within, fragmented within the whole big picture. And then, no, like it's it's very fundamental questions that are for our civilization from, from really big importance. So... Yes, I'm. I'm really happy that you allowed me into your your studio. I wasn't sure you would uh, ever do that, so I was nervous for two weeks. Oh, no, actually, it was like two months until I got your answer. And because first you were like, "I'm gonna have to talk to my lawyer or something," you know. <laughs> you were very, you were very strict, so I was very nervous, you know. And then I then I got there, and this was like, oh, "Okay, he's cool." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did I write something? Yeah, you wrote something <laughs> like that. So, so, so it was. It was. I wonder in which mental space I was when, yeah. when I wrote that email. Uh, Integrate yeah, no, the mushrooms. I, I, you know, I must say, you know, I must say that you know, like that's something that this year I started to solidify a little bit more the structure that I'm working, and I have an administration manager, and I have somebody who is like, um, really help helps me to uh, make things. Um, more what would be the word not only organized but that they are uh, receptive to the people who are inside because I'm very very chaotic in the way I I operate when it comes to work I'm very structured in the studio so then people think like oh Matan is that very highly structured individual because the way I disseminate content in the studio is highly structured but then when I go home and I work it's really like such a mess and and that's something that I'm like dealing with emails (laughs) That's not my uh, strongest side. Uh, but nevertheless, we are here and that's amazing. And uh, yeah, we will definitely meet in this space again. I, I hope that um, 
that it will uh, that the conversation could keep enriching us in the same way that it uh, helped me today and is there any place where people could be able to you know read the stuff that you've been writing so far or like is there anything I can kind of share we can share with the audience because uh, at that time in space or 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 that would be something for the future or yeah regarding dance I've only written one thing that just got published in three weeks ago and I'm not allowed to circulate it yet it has to wait okay. a little bit because people are supposed to buy the stuff you know I think that is okay. the main idea so uh, I can circulate that in maybe three or four four months otherwise it's just it's just my email if somebody is happy to share their stories you know like I'm 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 a story collector okay. you know in that sense okay. because uh, all different perspectives I I Mm. I can you know all different uh, conversations about about dance healing and uh, transformative aspects and just other points of view or people who are just opposing my ideas completely like it would also be mm. very interesting to to hear so if somebody would share you can just email you okay, know like so, I'm a very so, uh, analog person so <laughs> I only have my email so That's so all. I will I will I will leave that kind of your contact info in the show note and maybe it's also an invitation to everybody who stayed with us until the end of the episode to feel free to contact you if if the context is is relevant I'm sure that s- some people who are listening to the podcast are also people who facilitate spa- dance spaces so so that maybe this conversation can take a wider Uh, a wider space than just uh, the study group uh, so uh, Gabriela again thank you very much for the time it's been pleasure and you can already expect the next time we sit here thank you okay. very much thank you <laughs> if you want to see more precious and insightful moments make sure to check our short clips playlist to see longer interviews check out the full episode playlist just below it and to be notified for all future videos Click the subscribe button and don't forget to hit the notification bell. See you on the next episode.